Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to season two of the Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. I've always had a huge heart for moms and their lifelong job of raising children, their struggles, joys, and experiences that are so often 100% different from my own. Each week we get to hear the story of an ordinary mom serving her family, community, and the Lord in amazing ways. Seeing the gifts and talents of others and watching how God has worked in their life inspires me daily. We are all in this motherhood game together, and I believe we can benefit immensely from listening and encouraging each other through what God has done in our own lives. What a privilege it is to share these amazing women with you. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. friends. Welcome to the Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher, and today we have Miss Charity Rios. Is that how you say it, Charity? That's correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. I wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> but Charity is uh, a Christ follower, a wife, and a boy mom to four kiddos, which I want to hear all about because your boys are squishy cheek, dimpled, just the cutest. Um, Charity has a master's degree in education, has been a children's pastor, church planner, um, teaches and speaks, but most recently is the author of a children's book called My Heart's Garden, which is kind of where we're going to camp today um, and talk about her book and the desire behind that. But welcome, Charity. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and kind of your background and just your family and how you got to this family of four? Absolutely. So, yes, yeah. Um, I am a mom of four boys, very close in age, six, four, two, and seven months old. And I love my boys. They are a blast. And I'm also married to my husband of almost nine years. And I really began this journey of writing my heart's garden because one night I was up in the middle of the night nursing my third son. So about two years ago, and I started thinking about what I wanted my kids to know about what kind of lessons I wanted them to learn from me and from my life and what I have learned. And one thing that came to mind was just this really powerful healing process that I had gone through as a young adult. And it's just a simple Christian spiritual practice called tending your heart. And I, before I became a mom in my single years, I had gone through a really um, tragic loss of my father. This happened about 11 years ago. He passed away um, from suicide after a a really long struggle with mental illness. And um, in that time of healing afterwards, I went to something at my church called prayer ministry, and they led me through just this really powerful conversation with God. And it really was a pivotal part of my healing process and journey. And in that, I learned this process called tending your heart, and it's exposing the lies of the enemy that you're believing about yourself, about God, about other people, and then getting rid of those lies and asking God for what truth he has in exchange for the lies. And so the truth that he has in the word of God, and then just the truth that he wants to speak to your heart. And going through that process over and over again in my heart, um, just in my daily time with God was such a pivotal part of my healing from losing my father. And then just as I carried on into my 
um, adult life. I went through some miscarriages when we were first married. And, um, you know, just like anyone listening right now, there are challenges and struggles in life that come and griefs and sorrows. And it just seemed like every time I hit one of those like hard seasons of life, this process of tending my heart really was pivotal in me moving forward and getting healing and um, being alive and free in God and really living that abundant life that um, Jesus promises us in the Bible as followers of Jesus. And so I just thought, wow, I really want my kids to learn how to do this from a very young age so that hopefully, you know, when they, they get into their um, young adulthood and even in their life, as they grow up into the teen years, they really understand how to identify the lies of the enemy, get rid of those and receive the truth of God's word and learn to hear his voice for themselves. So and was that, sorry, was oh, that no, um, a program in, in terms of um, a specific class kind of that you walked through? I mean, you mentioned it was something that your church had, mm-hmm. um, because I've never heard of something like that before specifically for that um, so I'm just interested to hear more about yeah, that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my church, um, they called it prayer ministry um, at the time. I think now they're calling it actually listening prayer, but really it's just someone that has been trained to help you have a conversation with God and to kind of walk through um, just like the the harder parts of your life, you know, like the, the griefs, the losses, because in those places where we have grief, where we have tragedy, where we have disappointment. Um, Those are areas where our heart can really be susceptible to the lies of the enemy. And so um, it's really just exposing those places like that, even like as a child may have happened to you, it could have been um, a disappointment that happened to you as a child and seeing like really the Holy Spirit, like revealing to you, um, like where did the enemy kind of get a foothold in your heart? You know, where did he start to plant some lies? And when did you start believing those lies? And like, now that he's been exposed as, you know, the liar that he is like, let's get rid of those lies and receive the truth of, of God's word and his voice in exchange. And so it's just a really powerful, um, sometimes it's called sozo prayer as well. Um, it can, I know different churches and different ministries use it with different names, but, um, it's, and then when you leave, they just basically at the end of it, they give you like this really simple process called tending your heart so that you're able to do it on your own with God, you know, so that you're not like, Oh, I have to meet with someone for prayer ministry to like get healing, you know, (laughs) like you can actually learn how to go to the father yourself and uncover these lies and receive his truth. And so. Right. And exactly. I think with them, especially with kids, it's such a huge responsibility um, as as a parent, as a mom, and especially when you're first starting out and you're trying to kind of in your mind, okay, what are, what is my goal as a, as a parent? You know, obviously you want to, as a believing parent, you want to, um, you know, train them up in the way that they should go and train them up to where they make that personal decision to follow Christ at at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think that's so awesome. And, and I love, like I said, I love the premise of the book. I love the story. I love the picture that it draws, um, in terms of, um, you know, the phrases that you use and the humor that you throw in a couple of times and, um, the picture and the relationship between the characters. Um, but just the, the premise of taking the lies, 
because I think sometimes as believers, even as adults, and I know I'm totally guilty of it as well at times is, you know, you have a passing thought mm-hmm. that you're, that you can, you know, the, the more you become, uh, the more mature you become maybe, or the more that you discern that, you know, that's not from the Lord. Right. That's something that is um, meant for me to be fearful or mm-hmm. for me to just, you know, like you said, make a little wedge yeah. um, in my heart and in my, in the door, open a little opening, mm-hmm. you know, just to get in deeper. And it's without recognizing those things that you just, those things can become bigger over time and Absolutely. deeper. Yes. So I think it's a, a huge um deal to be able to go in and say, how can I start my kids really young Yes, to learn the process of, Hey, is that true? Or is that not true? Is that mm-hmm. something that I recognize it fits the character of God Yes, or not? And if it doesn't, um, I like the twofold part of this, what I sounds like what you're talking about through this uh, ministry, Sozo prayer or whatever, um, in terms of recognizing it, removing it, but replacing it. Replacing yes, it with, absolutely. with truth because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing somebody, uh, actually tomorrow that's, um, deals more with college students and, um, kind of on the same lines in terms of the importance of the truth and yes. teaching your kids to know what the truth is, especially at those years, even because if you've done it along the way, then they know they have that much more opportunity to be able to recognize those things when they're out on their own and they're not around you, which is the big, yeah. you know, that's a bigger battle. Um, but in talking about that and what I was doing, getting ready for her, I just, that scripture in Deuteronomy kept coming up and in, in uh, about, you know, the, uh, the responsibility of the parent to um, teach your children all the time. You yes, know, when absolutely. you're, when they lie down, when you get up, when you're walking along the road, mm-hmm. it is just such a huge responsibility. Um, I know that trauma, like those things can be something that's so devastating, like your father um, or miscarriages have been there. Um, it can be really hard to get past um, and not even like you get past, past it forever. So I don't mean it that way. Um, even just this time uh, with COVID this last year, absolutely, um, was a huge opportunity to for the world. And they talk a lot about mental illness this last year um, being on the rise and higher. Um, mm-hmm. I know for myself personally, this last year, um, you know, you automatically everybody found themselves in a different situation, um, out of their norm what was essential wasn't essential anymore. You know, it was different. And, you know, your perspective, when your perspective changes, um, it's really easy to start being inundated with those things. But I know they're aside from, from scripture. Um, one of the things that helped me this last year, and even my husband, I've talked a lot about this is one of the other ways in replacing those lies along with scripture is using scripture through music, you mm-hmm. know, using scripture yes. through friendships and your own time with Jesus, um, other books that you've read. Um, but all of that to say, what is something that you feel like over the course of this last year as you're getting ready to release this book and writing and finishing touches and all of that? Um, do you feel like 
did you learn more maybe through the ministry that you've kind of been in in your life the last few years? I know you said you've had a uh, background in ministry, children's ministry, mm-hmm. college age ministry, mm-hmm. um, which I just made the connection based on maybe where you live. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, do you feel like maybe ministry affected you more in how you approach the desire of this book or was it personal, just the motherhood experience or maybe a combination of both? Yeah, it was absolutely a combination of bo- both because like you mentioned, um, I have worked with college students and that was my career before becoming a mom. And so I use this process with women that I disciple and mentor all the time. You know, I'm constantly um, trying to point people back to their relationship with their perfect father, God, as like the source of having everything they need, you know? And so it can be easy, whether it's you with your kids, whether it's with, you know, your college student, whether it's, you know, in in ministry or influence that God has given you with someone, it can be so easy to feel like, oh, wow, this person or my child, they have this overwhelming problem or circumstance and I have to have the answer, you know, like I have to say the magical phrase that's going to like set them free. And what I realized is that the most powerful thing that I can do, even for my own children at this very young age, is that I can lead and direct them to Jesus. And of course, like with my children, with um, women that I've discipled and mentored and walked with, like, of course, I'm like helping to guide them to Jesus. I'm not just like, Hey, go find Jesus yourself. Good luck. You know, (laughs) but I'm like, here, like, let's go through this process together. Like, let's go to the father and let's see what truth he has. Like, okay, you're experiencing anxiety or you're experiencing fear, or you've had this trauma or disappointment or loss in your life. That's like affecting you now. And like, you feel like you can't get past it. Like, okay, like, let's do some digging here, like with Jesus, let's like have a conversation with him and really reveal where those lies really began. And, and then let's spend some time like with our perfect father, God, and like, let's ask him to give you something in exchange. And I know for me, even just growing up in the church, that was something that was a big um, disconnect for me is that I understood the like, I got to get rid of the sin. I got to get rid of the sin or like this thought is bad. I shouldn't be having that. But I didn't never had anyone explain to me, like, not only do you get rid of the sin or not only do you get rid of the thought, but you actually get to receive something better. God doesn't just leave us like empty and hollow. He actually wants to fill us with himself and with his truth. And so that was something that honestly, I, I wrote this, for my kids, because I didn't see a resource like this out there, but I also wrote it for every kid, you know, like I just, I thought about our world and, um, I started writing this before COVID, but was really, you know, going through the finishing phases with it during this past year, pandemic year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kept seeing the numbers go up of children committing suicide of teen suicide of mental illness in children. And honestly, like my heart has just broken and I just, just wanted every single, I just wish I could give every single child that is going through um, depression and anxiety and loneliness and, and just experiencing the trauma of this past year specifically. I wish I could give every one of them a copy of this book, you know, and sure, so, um, sure. because it really can change someone's life. Like if you believe the truth about who God has made you to be and, um, 
If you believe the truth about who he is, it will absolutely transform your life. And I know that it, you know, it did mine. Right. And so anyway, in the, in the story, the little boy is bullied at school and that is the catalyst for him starting to believe a lot of lies. And so it's a Which really, is so relevant, right? Yes, and it's such absolutely. a very simple idea. Mm-hmm. And that even, you know, that I think that crosses any age barrier because even as an adult, there's times where, you know, you feel left out for some reason and right. you, you know, the enemy uses some lie like, oh, they must not like me or they must mm-hmm. think I'm weird or something. Yes. And, and you can get stuck in in that instead of going, that is not from the Lord that, and just mm-hmm. dismissing it, you know? Um, right. Okay. So let's kind of pick back up a second with what you said a minute ago about, um, you know, maybe women or girls that you've walked through in a mentoring kind of relationship and discipleship in terms of, you know, if they've come across a problem or something that they're encountering where they're believing a lot, or they've got something that's really, you know, festering that mm-hmm. they need to kind of work through. What is that relationship kind of like look like in terms of, you know, how that mirrors the book, but how maybe that might be used in a different setting, like a discipleship setting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the the companion workbook that I made to go along with the book that can be used um, for older kids, I take the kids through a process that I've taken women through in discipleship for years and years and that I use in my own heart with the Lord. And really, we just start with things that are um, triggers that are, um, emotions that are above the surface that are negative, that are really just clues for our hearts that something is going awry. (laughs) Something is wrong. And so that may be things like you just think about, okay, wow, I'm feeling really sad. Like you might not even know why, but you might be like, I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really depressed. I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling fearful. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling lust. Like all of these different things are, um, really symptoms of like a deeper problem that's going on in our heart that we can address with the Lord. And so if I'm walking with someone in a mentorship, you know, relationship, they might come to me and they might say like, charity, I'm feeling, you know, just a lot of fear, like a lot of fear. And I'm like, okay, like, let's talk about that. We're going to talk about that with the Lord and see really what's going on there. And so, um, you know, I just tell them like that your heart is, it's really giving you, it's like, if you break your leg, you know, if you break your leg, your leg's going to be hurting and your leg is saying, I need attention. And so I always tell people, if your heart is having any of these symptoms, your heart and your emotion are telling you like, I need help. There's a problem. And so we can always go to the father with our problems. And so I might just say like, Hey, we're going to just have a conversation with God right now. I'm going to be right here with you, just kind of helping you go through that process. But like, let's start by asking the father, um, where that fear is coming from. And so it really is like leading someone through a prayer, which might sound kind of funny, but it's really not. It's just very like, relaxed and low key. And so I might just say like, Hey, can you just go ahead and just say, father God, like, why am I feeling afraid? And then I'll just have the person, you know, ask that question to God and, um, just not edit and just say whatever comes to mind. And I've noticed in my own life and then with other people that I've walked with in mentorship and in my own children's life and, um, other children that I know that have gone through this process, like really like our, usually like the first response, that first response that comes up really usually is like, God, 
And I always teach people that the way that we can know if God is talking to us is if, you know, what we feel like he's saying aligns with the word of God, if it aligns with the character of God, and it is encouraging, you know, or, in, you know, in right. this case, it's, it's instructive. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he is called the wonderful counselor. And so he actually wants to help us learn what's going on in our heart so that we can be free and healed. And so, you know, I just say, Hey, what, you know, what came up? So let's just say it's like, fear of, you know, like, well, I'm feeling really fearful that I might like fail my class. You know, I'm feeling really fearful. Okay. Like let's ask the Lord, like, why, why are you feeling that fear of failing your class? And it might then at that point, like the Lord, because he's so wise and like the wonderful counselor, it might be like, wow, I'm actually feeling afraid of failing. You know, I'm afraid of failing college. I'm afraid of, let's just say this person wants to become a doctor for the sake of conversation. I'm afraid of like that. I won't become a doctor. And then like, okay, let's ask the father. Why are you so afraid you won't become a doctor? Oh, wow. It's because I'm afraid of, of, um, failing my parents. I'm afraid of like letting my parents down. And so then that might start to be like more uncovering, like the root of what's really going on. Like, okay, like let's ask the father, why are you afraid of failing your parents? And that might bring up, you know, a memory that happened in your past. Usually a lot of these, um, these um, emotions that we feel that are negative emotions, they actually usually have to do with some kind of lie that we started believing as a child. Right. And so it might have not, you know, you may have the best parents on the face of the planet and they never wanted you to believe a lie, but it could have just been something that happened to you at school. A teacher spoke something, could have been something that your parents said that you just, you know, interpreted the wrong way. It could have just been an insecurity that came from someone else that spoke it over you. And so then you can really start addressing it like, okay, like, let's say for the sake of this example, this person, you know, like their dad said like, well, you know, if you don't become a doctor or a lawyer, you're a failure. Like they heard them say that one time in passing. And so that could have, you know, even just like that kind of a comment can really like start to create like a cycle of lies in your mind. Right. right. And so then, you know, I would have that person start addressing that lie. Like, okay, like the lie that I'm believing is that I'm going to be a failure if I don't become a doctor. So, you know, that's a lie from the enemy because we're, you know, we're not a failure. We're, you know, you're a daughter, you're a son of the most high King, you're precious, you're cherished, you're loved. And so that is a lie. And so then you, you know, I just lead that person through simple repentance. Like, you know, just say, Hey, father, God, I'm so sorry for believing that lie that I'm going to be a failure if I don't become a doctor. Okay. I've gotten rid of that lie. And now father God, what truth do you have for me instead of that lie that I'm going to be a failure if I don't become a doctor. And then that's really, honestly, my favorite part of this whole process is just to like, see God show up in people's lives in a really powerful way. And he like loves to speak truth to are really young kids. He loves to speak truth to adult kids. He loves to speak truth to us as adults. And that's when you can just say, Hey, ask the father, what truth do you have for me in exchange for this lie? And, um, he will speak truth from scripture. He'll speak truth, just a, a word of encouragement that he gives you. And those really in, in the workbook that I made for kids, I actually have the kids put those words of truth or scripture and they write them down or draw them in a treasure chest to, you know, that's just a fun thing for kids to do, but it's really a powerful metaphor to remember that the truth that God gives us is like treasure, the treasure of his word that he speaks to us through the word of God. And, and that, that rhema, that word of God in the moment mm -hmm. that he gives us, it is treasure. And we want to hold on to it with all of our might and, 
you know, something that I'm trying to teach my children now. And then anyone that I ever walk with in mentorship is that, okay, now that is your sword, you know, like the word of God is called the sword of the spirit for a reason. And so there's going to be a time when you feel afraid of failing again, it, it will come back up, but you don't have to like, you know, be a coward or be a victim in that moment. You can say, no, God gave me this truth. He gave me this truth that I'm a beloved daughter, that he has good things for me, that he has plans and purposes for my life, that he's proud of me, you know? And, and so whether I become a doctor or not, like the truth is Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans right. to prosper you, not to harm you, you know? And so that's, you know, an example of a conversation I might have with someone in a mentorship um, role. And, and then in the journal that I made for kids, and when I'm talking with my own kids at their young age, you know, we go through kind of a little bit more simplified of a, of a process than that, but it's, it's still really basic and it's easy for kids to do. And, but yet it's powerful enough that an adult can do it, you know, and, and really find a lot of freedom. Well, I love the, a couple of things. I love the way that um, in the in the workbook, the way you've got it with the kids that it, you know, you have some repetition in terms of coming back to those questions. Like, you know, is there something that you feel or something that made you sad or hurt your feelings Mm -hmm. or that you have a question about? Let's, you know, let's write that down. Let's draw a picture. Let's talk about it. Um, And then you give space for asking, okay, Lord, you know, what do you have to tell me? Like you said, um, this is how I feel, you know, and I, I know that maybe that's not a true feeling or that's, a, you know, you feel those feelings, but that that's not, that's a lie from the enemy. Mm-hmm. That's not really who I am. Mm-hmm. What do you replace it with? Cause I think a lot of times, even as adults, we can be so, um, so committed, um, in our time that we don't allow space for that, that conversation to hear from the Lord, right? Um, that Absolutely. we can fill our minds and hearts and schedules and calendars and all mm-hmm, that with just mm-hmm. so much that we don't sit mm-hmm. and we don't listen. Um, uh, I was reading something the other day in a commentary about the scripture that talks about being still, you know, be still and know that yes. I'm God. And mm-hmm. um, the commentator was writing about how he said, so many people take this whole thing out of context. This isn't just to sit and, you know, I'll be quiet. Everything's wonderful. And you're by this right. lazy, you know, lazy river. He said, this comes in a chapter that talks about battle mm. and it comes in a chapter that talks about how I will fight for you and that God is yes. your refuge and strength. And that the whole chapter is about that. And it's God really speaking. Um, and granted, like I said, this is his commentary as is not, I don't know all of this. Um, but he was just basically saying that is, God telling us to take the opportunity to sit and rest in him and rest that he's fighting those battles for us. And he's already won that victory over whatever it is that we're Uh fighting. Uh Um, The other thing that I was thinking as you were talking is in fact, I was talking to this one of my kids about this the other day. So um, all of mine are grown. Um, My youngest is a junior in college and um, we were talking about how sometimes the memories and the things that you have from when you were a child, um, are your perception of it. You know, like Absolutely. you said, yes. it doesn't mean it's true. It mm-hmm. does. It's how you remember it mm-hmm. and maybe how you, um, you know, perceived just, it at that you time. Per- you perceived it and you yes. propagated the myth almost. You, mm-hmm. You've told yourself that over and over, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's anything super deep. I mean, this is kind of a silly example, but when I was growing up, I remember um, my parents were history teachers. My mom's all about history. Um, I did not love it. And we were on a trip in uh, 1976 
that's how old I am. I think I was 10 <laughs> and we had gone to um, Chicago and my, there was the King Tut exhibit I was in Chicago and my mother wanted to go so bad. And I thought, okay, this is so stupid. I don't want to go. This is boring to a 10 year old. Yeah. And I had no desire. I, I threw the biggest fit as, you know, a child going, this is boring. I don't want to do this. I'd rather go swim, right? Like you can mm-hmm. compare a swimming pool to a King Tut exhibit. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but I threw such a fit that we didn't go. And so all of these years, I have felt such guilt over it. And as mm. an adult, I remember a couple of years ago, the King Tut exhibit came to Dallas. And I told my mom, I said, I think I'm going to buy us tickets and the two of us can go and I'm going to take us to go to the King Tut exhibit. And she was like, well, honey, I've already been. And I was like, well, I, what do you mean you've already been, you know? And she said, you know, I thought I ruined my mother's one chance all this time of going to see the King Tut exhibit. And I had all this guilt that I had harbored over and believed this lie. I'm such a bad daughter because Mm -hmm. I kept my mother from seeing something. And that's not even like a spiritual example necessarily of something, but it's an example of me believing something that wasn't true that I felt ashamed of Uh and a little bit of, you know, sadness over something that my mom was like, Lynn, I, I, have not thought about that twice. And it really wasn't that big of a deal, but mm-hmm. to me, it just was a little bit of guilt and a little bit of kneeling. Right. Um, but anyway, so I, I just say that to say that I know there's a lot of times that your perception of the way things were when you were a child may not necessarily have been how, how other people looked at it or, right. or someone this- else's intention even, right, but exactly. it still planted some kind of a seed of a lie. And like, I always tell people, the devil doesn't play nice. You know, he just doesn't, he likes to come in when we're weak and vulnerable and that's a bummer, but we just, you know, we get to be wise and smart warriors in the kingdom of God and say like, okay, there were some times when I was weak and vulnerable because, you know, because I was bullied or because I faced this disappointment or even just literally two days ago, my um, six-year-old son, he jumped off the playground at school and he ended up fracturing his arm. Mm. And so he had just started the soccer season, was so excited. He loves soccer. And of course, last season was canceled because of COVID. And so we right. were all pumped for him to get to play. And then we, you know, he gets this arm fracture and his younger brother, who's four, is also on his team. And so the pediatrician said, like, well, he can kind of practice, you know, but not do like the hardcore like scrimmaging where they're like pushing up against each other. Cause you know, they're six year olds. So even though it's soccer, they're still like, you know, pretending like it's football, you know, they don't have the whole, like, it's just the feet thing down yet. And right, so right, right. we're, we're there at the soccer practice and then it comes time for the scrimmage and his coaches are like, Hey, I don't think that you should do this because of your arm, you know, being in this brace. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. And so he's just like crying on the side of the field with me. And I'm just like heartbroken. I'm like, I'm like, you know, trying not to cry and trying to be the strong, encouraging mom. And it just felt like one of those moments, like, it doesn't matter what I say, it's not the right thing. And he's just like, you know, verbally processing his heart. And he's like, I'm never going to get to play the big game. And my team's not going to win. And I'm never going to make a goal. And really, like, I could see like, wow, 
this is a, a really actually pivotal moment in his life, even though it might seem like a small thing, because like for the first time in his life, he's facing like a really major disappointment. You know, this is a huge sure. disappointment for him as a six year old. And like I, as his mom and like, you know, a spiritual covering for him and mentor for him, like I know what the enemy is going to try to do. I'm not dumb. Like he's going to try, you know, the enemy is going to try to start feeding him lies. Like, and I could see it even in his speech coming out, like kind of like I'm a victim here, you know, like I'm never going to get to play all, all of these like state dramatic statements. And I was like, where is this coming from? And so we got home and I actually brought out the workbook and I was like, Hey buddy, I just want to go through this one workbook page with you. And of course he's like, I don't want to do it, you know, drama theatrics. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, we're just, we're just going to do it. And so, um, you know, I had him go through just the page where I just said, Hey buddy, is there anything that made you feel sad today? And that's all I asked him, you know? And he was like, yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, okay, you know, and of course in my heart, I'm like, okay, well, this is exactly why we have to talk about it. Cause you don't want to, you know, and a lot of times we have children that either they want to talk about their emotions, maybe even like more than we feel like we can handle. Or in the case of my boys, like some, they don't really want to talk about their emotions. And so this is a great way to get them to, you know, dive into their heart. So I was like, okay, like, why doesn't mommy just write down like why you're feeling sad? And so he said, you know, because I couldn't play soccer. So I like wrote that down. And then I actually had him ask the, um, the Lord, if there were any lies that he was believing, but he was like, uh, I don't know, you know? And so I was like, that's okay. You know, like, let's just like, we can give Jesus your sadness. He can take it. He died on the cross for it. And so let's just give him your sadness and then let's ask him what he has for you in exchange, you know? And so, um, he asked the Lord and whenever I go through this with a child or I'm teaching someone to go through this with their children, I always say like, you ask the Lord the same question that you're having your child ask the Lord because they're learning how to hear from God. And you can also hear from God as their parent. That's a really sacred and beautiful role that you have in their life. And so you can also hear God's encouragement to them and it can really like build their faith. And so I was like, okay, let's ask God, what do you have for me instead of my sadness? And he was like really quiet for a while. And I was like, well, I felt like God said that he has peace for you. And he goes, no, mom, that's all wrong. God told me he has joy for, for me. And I was like, Aww. all right, okay. And then I wish, I wish this was video because then you could see like his sweet journal page and he wrote the word joy, but it like the J is backwards because he's still learning to write. But oh, you need to take a picture of it. it take a so picture precious. of it and I'll post it. That would be okay. so cute. That'd yes, be so it cute. was so precious. And so it was so powerful. And you know, that was it. It probably took us 10 minutes max. I mean, and literally my two-year-old is like on the floor scribbling things, you know, and you know, the, the four-year-old's like asking for a snack in the background, but that's okay. You know, like God meets us in these really real life, messy, raw moments. He wants to speak to your children, you know, whatever age they are. And I know for me, I've like been like, Oh, like, what if you don't speak to my child, God, like, what if you don't come through? And he just does every time. And I could tell like literally his countenance, his body, like he just was standing up straighter. You know, he had a smile on his face. He was just able to move on to like, you know, the next part of our night. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard, but he has truth now that he heard himself from God, that God has joy for him. So I'd love, uh, I think what 
my favorite quote in the book, if you're okay with me yeah, uh, reading this is, so my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the book is, uh, it says, if a lie comes again and your heart feels strange, go to the God, go to the father gardener for the beautiful exchange. Mm-hmm. And I love that picture of exchanging one thing for the other. But I think what's really cool to me in, I mean, in a really practical sense, the strategy of this especially with children and getting them to just verbalize something. Um, I think now that my husband, and I talked about this a lot now that our kids are grown, you know, we have um, one's almost 29 and one, our mm-hmm. youngest is 21. And, you know, you start looking back at things like, gosh, what would I have done different? What would I have, what did I not do it? You know, in different times, not that you're mad at yourself or doubting yourself, yeah. but it's just kind of a stage of life. And so um, I think we have a lot of friends that are starting to have grandkids and you're like, I understand more so now why grandparents are like, yeah, have ice cream for dinner. I don't care. You know, you're kind of like, it's a redo, right? But I think there's a lot to be said for um, engaging your kids in conversation to just have an open exchange Mm -hmm. of how they feel Mm -hmm. and that it's okay for them to say and how they feel, but to not stop there because it's important for that next step to say, what does God have to say about that? What's the truth about how he really feels about you? And all those things you listed about being chosen and redeemed and forgiven and loved and, um, you know, uh, purposed, um, and thought about before the foundation of the world that God has all those things about you that in the moments of doubt, um, you know, that even teaching them at such a young age, um, just creating that habit, um, I think is so powerful. So I love the whole idea of the workbook. So the workbook, you kind of, um, I know it's got drawings and games and, you know, a couple of word puzzles and just places to, to doodle and lots of scripture. Um, but there's also that repetitive pattern of, Mm -hmm. you know, think about something in your heart and then look at what does God really say about it? And then let's pray about it and talk about it. Um, what was really, you know, what do you think is probably the best age range for the act for the workbook? You said your son is six. The one uh-huh, you my about son with. is six, and okay. he, you know, I'm going through it with him, and he can totally hang with it. Um, I would say kindergarten through fifth grade, even sixth grade. Um, I had someone tell me who is a professional counselor that he thinks it would be great for adults to go through the workbook too, I'm telling you, which was a high compliment. <laughs> no, I think so too, because I've, I've had friends, um, and I have a friend who's a psychologist and I know that especially for kids, um, the, the drawing aspect of it, especially for ones that really maybe can't write out or won't write out their right, thoughts, but they might right. doodle a picture. Absolutely. And pictures are very telling. Yes. Um, but also for adults, there's something about, um, you know, I like the concept of, you know, in the mentoring relationship, whether that's an adult or a child, sometimes there's just something about, even if you won't say something directly to your friend about, Hey, I'm scared about this, mm-hmm. that if you just go, Hey, I'll just sit here with you while you pray yes. that, yes. that you will voice in a prayer, mm-hmm. maybe that you wouldn't say to somebody else. Yes, um, absolutely. But I love, I love that thought process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's teaching, you know, my children, even from a very young age, like I am 
there for them. You know, I'm creating a safe place for them. I'm their number one encourager, my husband and I, and their number one fans, and we are there for them. But at the end of the day, I'm not always going to be there for my child. Exactly. You know, like, I don't know how much time I have on this earth, not to be morbid, but you know, I don't know how much time I have with them. Um, you know, they may not be able to get me on the phone one day or whatever. Um, as much as we want to think, Oh, well, I will always be available for my child at all times. Like, of course I want to do that, but I know that there's going to be moments in their life where they like, they have to learn to go to their father, God, that he is the source of everything that they need. And when we teach our children that when we teach our young adults, that when we teach our hearts, that, then we're able to like actually walk through hard situations in life. We're actually able to have resiliency because we've like experienced true healing because our minds are like actually renewed in the truth. And I feel like that's what our world desperately needs right now. Like Uh people are so broken and so confused and so bogged down with so many lies of the enemy that they literally don't even know what is true anymore. And we just have to, like, we have to be relentless, like, in the lives of our kids and in our own lives about getting rid of those lies, like, really figuring out what is going on, like, you know, not just like trying to get rid of the periphery emotion of like, Oh, I feel, you know, whatever, you know, I feel like scared or mad. So I'm just going to like go shopping or something and feel better. And even in the book, I have the little character Zion. He tries to get rid of his pain by eating and it shows him like teasing this other girl. And, you know, it's in, he right. shows him trying to, where he was to, acting out in different right, ways, buy yeah. all these toys. And it's like, wow, I can see that in my own life. You know, sure. when I try to like numb myself by scrolling on social media, you know, or I'm like, Oh, if I just like eat this chocolate, I'll feel better. And it's like, okay, that might temporarily work. But like at the end of the day, we have to address these emotions with the Lord and we have to figure out what is really going on, what is really causing this emotion. And Lord, you have to meet, like I'm inviting you to meet me in that place of pain. And it turns out he's just standing there waiting. You know, right, <laughs> like right. every time he's just standing there waiting, like I was waiting for you to invite me into this place of pain and I want to help you get rid of it and walk through it and receive my truth. Yeah, I think that's what I was kind of saying earlier about with um, during COVID, I think Mm -hmm. for for the one time that we've all, you know, at least in this lifetime experience where the entire world pretty much could experience the same thing and have empathy for each other. And yet we still felt alone in terms Mm -hmm. of what we were facing. And so um, I know during, you know, multiple quarantines at our house, um, you know, there were times when I was really, I struggled at times for um, feeling down and alone, even when a house full of people and just yeah. kind of get overwhelmed with, with lies of like, man, this is just going on forever. Right. And it's going to be sad and hard, but having the skills to know and the habit, like I said, of, of creating a, um, a habit, I guess I'm losing train of thought of what I should say, but yeah, really just a spiritual, just a really a spiritual, practice. a spiritual discipline, mm-hmm. right? Discipline practice to be yes. able to go back and it. And the more you do it, and especially it's, it's kind of like the, in terms of teaching your children, it's kind of like with, um, you know, if you ever get on a Southwest airlines flight, I probably shouldn't say, that, I don't know. And they always <laughs> tell you to put your oxygen on first before right. you take care of your kids, you mm-hmm. know, in case of an emergency of loss of cabin pressure, you know, it, it's so important as the parent yes, um, absolutely, to make sure that, that even while they're little, because I will tell you as a mom of 29 years, the parenting doesn't change. 
<laughs> it it doesn't. It it is it is um, different at different stages at different ages. Um, the amount of time probably that you're um, helping counsel or that they're seeking you out or whatever, um, and and you do you t- you turn them over to the Lord. Um, once they're out of the house and that you don't have as much direct influence on them and their choices and what they're doing. And you've prayed up obviously, and you still are in what they're doing, but that discipline of showing them while they're with you, showing them that, you know, you put the Lord first and what he says matters to you and it guides and directs your life. Um, but being able to, um, continue that once they're out of the house um, because there are going to be those times, but if you're not doing it for yourself, you can't take care of them too. You can't keep feeding them or the other people around you. um, If you're not continually doing that on your own as well, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you. And that actually was part of, honestly, like I feel like the Holy Spirit's sneaky plan with this book. (laughs) Because I, I, my prayer is that, you know, parents, grandparents, teachers will be reading this book with their children and that the Lord will really use it to heal them as well. You know, they will realize like, wow, like I can do this in my own heart and my children can do it too. And we can all walk in freedom. Right. Of course. No, I love that. And I love, you know, I think I've had that image already in my head of me sitting with a grandchild that I don't have yet reading this book, because I think, you know, it's, it's a sweet story. I love the kind of poem rhythm of it. Um, and yet just teaching our kids truth, whether we're starting out when they're little bitty and then be happy, you know, developing the skills of teaching them, um, to, Hey, is that, is that true? Is that not? And then being able to replace it with what God really says about who we are and based on his perspective and his truth, not the world's truth. Yes. Um, is just such a huge thing. Um, well, I'm going to ask you a couple other questions real quick. So do you have plans for a series or anything else? Or are you just this kind of your first standalone book? Because I love the illustrations. Yes. Um, in the book was great. So I just was curious if you had any other plans. I do have two other children's book ideas and one I've started working on the manuscript portion of it. Okay. So we shall see. We shall Fine. see what happens. <laughs> no, I think that's so great. I yeah. love that. So um, I'm going to link everything in the show notes mm-hmm. and then obviously share. But so what's the best place to find or the easiest place to find the book? Cause you just launched what February, March. I just launched beginning of March. Okay. So it's been barely a month. And so it's um, my heart's garden and the, my heart's garden workbook, which you can find on Amazon. And if you um, would prefer to not buy from Amazon, you can find the book on barnesandnoble.com. And if you Google My Heart's Garden Charity Rios, it will come up on some other um, indie booksellers as well. Awesome. Um, but those are the two main places, barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. And then obviously you're on Instagram. Do you have a Facebook page too? Yes, ma'am. Um, okay. I do have a Facebook page. It is Charity Rios Author. I am much more active on Instagram. Isn't it just so much more fun anyway? It's just way more fun. 
think yeah. especially after 2020, I was like, wow, Facebook, you just sort of became a dark place. So yeah, it's kind of a beating. <laughs> I, I don't even have the app on my phone. I just take it off. I can't, I can't do yes, it. Yes, I just, I just can't too much arguing. So I stick with Instagram. I am at clarity with charity on there. And I would love for you to follow me there. If you end up getting the book and um, take some pictures and tag me, I love seeing pictures of kids with the book. Um, just makes my heart so happy. So I'd love to connect with you there. No, I or, love and it. I'm also my website. I should also say is charityrios.com. Okay. All right. And I'll have all that information in the show notes. And then when we post it on social media and stuff, but um, thank you so much for being on and just sharing your heart kind of in the story behind the book and why, and you know, it's, it's definitely that, uh, you know, beauty and ashes, the, the way that the Lord mm-hmm. takes the things and the story in your life and turns it into something beautiful that can change and, and that transforming power of the gospel of things that you've been through and hurts that you've been through, um, like everybody. Um, yes. But how do we pay it forward some and show somebody else what the gospel can do in their life and then how that uh relates to how we raise our own children. So I love it. And I'm so blessed and thankful to get to, to get to know you and hear your story. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. I loved it. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening to the drive through moms podcast. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Hey y'all, I can't thank you enough for listening and want you to know that you have all been prayed for, for real. If you liked what you heard or it touched your heart in any way, I would so love for you to leave a great review on iTunes. But more than that, just share this with other moms that you know that might get something out of it. You can find more information about each of the episodes in the show notes, as well as our links to Instagram and the website at drivethroughmoms.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.